Hello, and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. And congratulations, listeners. You've all graduated from Strixhaven College. Big excitement for you. What that means for the podcast is we're basically done talking about Strixhaven. So we get to go out in the world and uh, do big, adult, exciting things like more news and talk about other parts of magic, uh, like story parts. But uh, we got uh, some comics to talk about today. The uh, the Boom Boom comics have uh, had two issues out, so that's uh, going to be the subject of this episode. But uh, news first... Uh, Modern Horizons 2 previews start soon, and that's very exciting. We've seen a couple already from Weekly MTG, and uh, we are very excited about that. We talked a little bit about the Urza Saga card last week. Uh, we all saw Modern Horizons 1, which was a goldmine of Vorthos things so deep that I think we had two Flavor Gems episodes on it. I think we spent an entire episode just on Legends. Um, and... I'm very excited to see what's in this set because I have no idea. I hope y'all are excited for it too. Uh, and then uh, otherwise, there were some OP announcements, organized play, professional magic, uh, the 2021-2022 season's a little wonky. We're at a traditional, transitional <laughs> period. Um, not that I know what being trans is like. Uh, I think we've been going through a transitional period for the past uh, four or five years. Yeah, welcome to being so. trans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed. Magic the Gathering organized play is trans. Um, so for the last two years, three years, I don't know how time works anymore. We've had this Magic Professional League and Rivals League, and that's going to be phased out after this season. Uh, this season will continue with MPL and Rival stuff, but have like none of those league weekends to determine if you get to keep your job in the MPL or Rivals next season and stuff. So uh, we don't really know what the future is going to look like. But if you also like the competitive aspects of Magic, um, hopefully, probably not this upcoming season, but pro- hopefully this season after we can get back to the full gps and pro tours and fnms and all those events um get your vaccines please everyone and continue to wear masks even when you're vaccinated because a like even beyond any medical reason to wear a mask wearing masks outside signaling that you are someone who takes the pandemic seriously important social aspects social pressure for people who aren't vaccinated yet to continue wearing masks is important um yeah Everyone wants to get back to in-person play. Everyone wants events to big events to return so everyone can see their friends and stuff. And it's been slow and it's been rough. And what the future of professional or high-level magic looks like is very uncertain. But uh, not not a topic we really go into much depth on on the show. But it's a very big announcement, so it is worth mentioning for anyone who... Uh, might have a foot in each of the competitive player and Vorthos categories. I guess the the important part for us is that they uh, they made it very clear that they're starting from local. So like the first magic event that you'll probably be aware of is going to probably be at your local game store. So 
They're not going to start with a GP next week or whenever they start doing in-person play again. They're going to start locally. So just keep that in mind. You're probably going to see the options for like a game day or something. I don't know. Um, uh, I I think yeah. I think Modern Horizons 2 pre-release is going to be the first like event event that in-store play is going to be back for. Because um, in-store play, for US at least, uh, opens up um, at the end of May. So. Yeah, so so get vaccinated. Um, you've got enough time. If you get vaccinated as of the day of this recording, you get your second dose. Uh, you have two weeks until that. Um, so, I, I got my first yeah. dose two days ago, and lordy, my arm oh. hurts, and I'm very sleepy. Uh, yeah. and apparently, it's just going to get worse for the next one, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, I've heard mixed results. Sometimes um, the first one's bad, and the second one's fine. Sometimes the first one's fine, and the second one's bad. But the point is, is you get it done anyways, because you want to go play Modern Horizons 2 pre-release. Or... I really, really do, Chris. Yeah. I really... <laughs> I did not get to play MH1 because I worked on it, uh, so I'm very excited for MH2. Well, we uh, know that vaccinations work a lot like banding. Uh, any number of vaccinated people can play together, and then uh, up to one unvaccinated person. So... Uh, as long as you have all of your friends, you can form a little banding party and play a play a pre-release at home. Uh, yeah, big excite. We're hoping to get uh, a Commander Legends draft together around here soon ish. Once we can get at least seven vaccinated people and one not, um, but hopefully eight vaccinated people. We can technically run a draft with six, but we'd rather not. Uh, anyway, yeah. let's let's get to our our main topic of discussion this week, which is the Boom Studios Magic the Gathering comics issues number one and number two. I just yeah. want to start off saying they're great. They I love these incredible. comics. I love these. Um, I guess the second thing to say is a little uh, narrative disclaimer. Uh, yes, we are moving beyond Strixhaven. We are still kind of moving beyond what we'll call the set canon. Um, these comics take place after War of the Spark. I mean, basically immediately after or shortly after. Um, they are going to be tangential to whatever the sets are doing, but they're mostly going to be their own thing. Uh, so what that means for continuity and canon is uh, we're essentially establishing two separate lines of canon that kind of split at War of the Spark, where... Um, one canon is set canon and one canon is comics canon. Um, it's not that different from looking at the various incarnations of like DC comics. There are various canons depending on which pieces of media you watch. I recently learned that there was a sequel series to Batman the Animated Series that is also part of the canon that helps links it up, link it up with the Justice League cartoon. Uh, so that hmm. is cool. Uh, just a little side aside right there. I did not know that. Um yeah, uh and then yeah, that that's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's like Batman the New Adventures or something. Um I don't remember exactly, but yeah, set after Batman the Animated Series, but before Justice League and then it leads into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and then um hops forward to Batman Beyond. And then Superman the Animated Series is in there too. But no one talks about that as fondly as Batman the Animated Series. Probably because it has... <laughs> Superman doesn't have the same kind of style that the Batman cartoon did. Very Leaned very hard on noir-esque art deco 
themes and styles and uh, a lot of the musical cues that were established in the Tim Burton films and stuff. And, uh, well, it was, it was a like, lot, a, a lot like uh, the comics world and also like the superhero movie world and things like that. Um, it this I mean like they diverge from canon immediately, starting from like the very first page basically of the comics. Um, where you get to see a, a version of Niv Mizzet where he's a robot. Um, but Beep also, boop. yeah, some of, some of the like a plot events that happen in this comic uh, involve characters who we saw in stories post War of the Spark who don't mention those events happening. So like they've diverged from canon. But like I think the, the cool thing is, though, that like they can borrow from comic canon if they so choose to and put it into main canon. Like, there's nothing saying that they can't grab some of these, like, characters, side characters that are introduced or, like, concepts that get brought up and, like, bring them into the main canon. So, like, it's just a, it means things are a little loose, but it also means they get to tell better stories, I think. Um, yeah. And they get to, yeah, build off of it. This, this is so. magic putting on uh, big girl franchise IP pants and uh, holding multiple multiple continuities is continuities at once um yeah uh i will say yeah niv mizzet's a robot and he's he's a mizium and crystal construct uh in, in this and not just a uh raymond swanland dragon avatar art made of flesh and bone and i think that's cool i like robots um looks real sleek and neat uh I questioned the decision to rename Ravnica Ralphnica, but um, <laughs> what? No, that's 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 a joke. That's I, I made that up. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's not in the comic. It's still Ravnica. Um. Uh, it does take us. You know, this comic starts off like every magic comic does. Um, it, it explains the multiverse, gives us a snapshot of a couple planes, explains what, what a planeswalker is. These are the people that can move through worlds. Uh, they draw mana to cast spells, and you know familiarize a new audience with what the basic world building of magic is because that's important um and then uh this comic kind of hits the ground running though which i really appreciate because uh yeah like the chandra comic i think was a little slow to it um it basically spent the whole first issue on explaining the world of magic and focusing just on a little bit of chandra but uh this comic establishes us with uh, three Planeswalker Guildmasters, Kaya of the Orzhov, Vraska of the Golgari, and Ral Zarek of the Izzet. Yeah, and the, the very first thing that happens in the comic is uh, an explosion. Um, as these, yeah, it's, it starts just, things boom. off with a bang, a Or boom. We get this like beautiful scenic shot of Ravnica with Niv Mizzet and his robotiness flying over it, and then it's like, ah, yes, Ravnica, the most city of all cities, the cityest city of all cities. Um, it's a whole world of a city, and also there's guilds, and here are planeswalkers, and then boom, there's an attack on them. And so, like, the very first thing that happens issue one is that there's an assassination attempt, or we kind of assume it's an assassination attempt uh, at the like uh, Orzova. And is it uh, a tower from the Izzet League and down in Sphogthos uh, on the Golgari? And there's these three explosions. And like conveniently, those three guilds are led by Kaya, who is, you know, the guild master of Orzhov. And she like can fight really well. She's like a better assassin than any assassin could be sent after her. Uh, 
But the assassins sent after her have like ghost knives so they can cut her when she's in her ghost form. And she's like, cool. And then she like kills them all because she's Kaya. Like, wh- what what do they think was going to happen? You know, um, well, uh, Raul. Pres- yeah. Presumably the assassins thought she would die. But <laughs> that's a silly thought. This is they Kaya. She's going to kill you. Yeah. Um, the assassins who attack Raul uh, brought like grounding rods with them. Etheric grounding rods so that like his lightning wouldn't kill them. And he's like, oh, no. And then he just opens the cyclops door and lets out a big cyclops who bonks him on the head um it's it's very funny uh then vraska's assassins are blind fighters they have their eyes sewed shut so she can't turn them to stone and she has an incredible line in the comic it's like one it was so good i had to take a picture of it and send it to my friend because i was just like this is so good um let me let me find the line for you real quick uh she's like fighting these assassins right and one of them's blind like blinded um and so she has this like little monologue she's like no matter i was an okran assassin i was the captain of the pirate ship belligerent i've crafted more deaths than i can count yours will not be remembered and then she pulls out her cutlass and just slices him open um vraska kills all of her assassins because you know they attack the golgari and she's like that's not cool uh kaya kills all of her assassins because I mean, like, she's an assassin. They just kill so, people. But Rao captures one of them. So, like, Vraska is also an assassin. Like, two of yeah. the three guild messes here are accomplished assassins. Uh, and, and they they'll kill us. But, yes, Rao, Rao captures one. Um, and they convene. And uh, they bring in the male wife himself, Jace Valerian. <laughs> what? Wow. What? I mean, no, it's fine. I mean, um, you're not wrong. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Importantly, this comic does, uh, you know, stick to the fact that Lavinia is now the guildmaster of Azorius. Um, yeah, good for her. Good for her. Uh, she's making moves. Um, yeah. And they like show up and like, hey, we have someone alive. We have a talented telepath. We don't need to torture this person for information. Jace can just reach in there and take it out. And so Ray, Jace, uh, Jace goes to reach into this assassin's mind and take out some information. Um, things don't go well. <laughs> it's not a good, uh, not a good time for Jace. He uh, he takes some massive psychic damage, and the assassin turns out to have been a trap all along. Not not um, that like he took psychic damage, like he saw a cursed image or something. He took literal psychic damage and is put into a coma. Yeah. Uh, he he gets like this mental assault from this shapeshifter uh who shapeshifts from like a normal looking assassin guy into like this horrific monster. It's really cool looking. It's so cool. And then like the other guild masters like try and chase it down and it just like turns into a puddle and seeps into a drainage like whatever those things are called. Sewer so grate. Yeah. It turns into like this weird sludge and goes down into it. And like, I immediately was like Phyrexian, but we don't know yet. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the we'd get like a little time skip after that. So it doesn't really establish like what the immediate reaction to that moment was. Um, but they like have a time skip and all of these three guildmasters planeswalk to Zendikar because like the really convenient thing about being planeswalkers is that you can always find somewhere to talk where you won't be watched. There's somewhere in the multiverse you can go where you can have a private moment together. Um, so they go to Zendikar, and that's where the first issue kind of leaves off with them 
going to Zendikar and being like, hey, we need to chat about what just happened because only three guilds were attacked and it was the three guilds that are headed by planeswalkers. Oh, yeah. And there's like this really cool moment where they go into the blind eternities and it like the comic establishes this idea that each planeswalker sees the blind eternities different. And like, it's really cool. Yeah, I have to say, um, this comic is illustrated really well. Agree. That was one of the things I was most impressed with. Like, I'm not, I'm not a huge comic person, but I was, I really liked what I saw um, with how they illustrated things here, and the action was great. Yeah, the there's like they they planeswalk through the blind eternities, and each of the planeswalkers has like this beautifully illustrated view of what the blind eternities looks like to them. Ral has this like giant cogwork machine. Uh, Kaya is like floating through space with all of these spirits of the people that she's saved. Um, like are the people, you know, at peace thanks to her work. Uh, and then like Vraska's got like this swampy life decay kind of look to it. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. So uh, we should mention some of the people involved in this comic. We probably should have done that earlier, but I forgot. Uh, this comic is uh, written by Jed McKay and illustrated by Iguara. Um, and like, I just, there's such strong characterization in this comic. Um, it very quickly establishes that, you know, Ral is a little frazzled and sarcastic. Uh, Kaya is cynical and serious at the same time. And Vraska is ruthless, but caring. Um, she cares so much and is so angry, um, but is like really dedicated to protecting herself, her people, and, and the the people that matter to her in her life. And uh, we get that established early, and we get Jace. I'm I'm clever and can figure this out. I like solving problems. And Lavinia, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. And <laughs> um, it just that that's one of the you know when we talk about something that is pulling out of a, a separate co- continuity from what we see in the sets. That doesn't mean the characters are going to be characterized differently, right? Um, Wolverine is Wolverine, whether he's in a comic book in the 1970s, an animated television show in the 90s, or a hit film series in the 20s and the, the aughts and, and the 2010s. And um, these characters are still the characters, you know, we're just telling different stories um, that the card sets aren't going to tell. Um, I'm very curious, like, for the future of this comic, you know, what are they going to do that the card sets can't do? Uh, one of the immediate first things is, like, we have this little aside on Zendikar, which is great. You can't do that in a card set. Um, card sets usually just stick to one plane. And, you know, War of the Spark was a small exception. It had tiny little bits of the Meditation Realm and Amonkhet in them, but otherwise that was it. Um, otherwise it's just Ravnica. And, and so, like... I liked the Chandra comic. This isn't like a... This is just like a compare and contrast. The first issue of the Chandra comic, uh, because that comic was really about Chandra's eternal, internal struggles of after World of Spark, uh, the first issue really just focused on her internal monologue. And then in the last panel introduced Tybalt, um, but didn't really give Tybalt a clear motivation or anything there yet. Uh, this comic starts off, uh, you know, with its ensemble cast, characterizes them very strongly and independently and has them interact with each other. So you understand their relationships uh, and very quickly just hits the ground running. There's an explosion. There's an assassin. Uh, we have a problem to solve. We have a mystery to solve all in issue one. Um, 
I think that's a fantastic start for a comic like this. Yeah, and then issue two uh, just makes it even, like, better. Like, issue two picks up exactly where issue one left off, and then, like, packs more action into it and more mystery and gives you more characterization, and, like, it just doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. It was, it's so good to, like, read a first issue and be excited by it and then read a second issue and be more excited by it. (laughs) So it's, like... I have a lot of high hopes. I think that um, the work that's gone into these is is very, very good. Um, and I'm really hopeful that we just keep getting them because I will absolutely keep buying these these comics uh, as long as they keep releasing them because the quality is just that high. Yeah, it's um, one of the things we said when the new comic series was announced that like, look, Magic has tried comics in a lot of different variations over the years with varied success levels. And, um, you know... Magic hasn't had an outside-produced, long-running comic since the Armada days. Uh, there were some short comics in um, the Tempest era, uh, the Weatherlight Saga. There were the web comics, the Planeswalker web comics, uh, starting in Shards of Alara. Yeah, uh, that ran for a couple of years, but those were all produced internally uh, on and and published on Wizard's own website. Um, and then we had the Dak Fade. They were comics, also. The, those uh, Planeswalker comics were also printed. You can buy physical copies, as I did at my local comic book shop when I bought Boom uh, Issue 2. Uh, they had the the collection of the Planeswalker comics sitting in the $5 bin. Uh, if you want to order that collection online, it's like $30. So nice. go to Good your deal. local friendly comic book shop. You get like $25 off. And now I have a really cool collection of comics. Uh, I, I like... This isn't putting the web comics down. I love them, but they were not. They were produced internally, and that's different than working with an outside mm-hmm. partner. The Dak Fanon comics ran for a couple of years, and we had the Chandra comic ran its four issues with heavy delays, and then the Alara comic that was supposed to come after got dropped. Um, so, like, before the Boom comic even came out, the thing we said was, none of this is going to matter if it's not good, right? If it's not good, this whole thing just falls apart. Uh, at this point, like you can't you can publicize the hell out of it. But if it's bad, people won't read it. But it's good. <laughs> like, I don't I can't understate like I can't emphasize enough that, like, I'm really enjoying these comics and I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing and what Magic Comics probably should have been doing for a while. Um, but um, anyway, issue two. So Zendikar, we're on Zendikar because you know, if there are people plotting against us on Ravnica, they can't follow us to Zendikar. So we're going to have a little chat about what we need to do. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> um, Allegedly. Uh, so they are talking, um, you know, Raukaya and Vraska talk about how, hey, yeah, weird that the Planeswalkers were targeted. What does that mean? Um, although Jace is the one who is actually hurt. Um and it was clear that there was a psychic trap inside that last assassin so that uh, when if Jace tried to read their mind, that Jace would be taken out. Um, and so they're like, look, we need to figure out what's going on with Jace here, because this is part of our mystery now. Uh, and then, you know, they came to Zendikar to be alone, but there's a mysterious figure watching from beyond. Which is a great panel dun, dun, setup. Dun. There's a, a hood of two eyes way in the background in one panel, and the next panel after is the close-up. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Comic books, they do cool stuff like this. 
Uh, comics <laughs> are a really cool visual storytelling medium, and I'm glad we have more comics to talk about because of that. Anyway, uh, so there is a guildless hospital um, that worships a sea god and has sea briny, briny saltwater hot tubs. Uh, so Jace <laughs> is just sitting in there. Uh, he's a he's soup now. Um, he's he's <laughs> wow. in a coma. He's in a soup coma. Soup for my guild. Uh, wow. There's a, the Hall of Hus, Hospitalers from the Frozen Heart. Yeah, um, I love this. I I love when the guildless on Ravnica get fleshed out a little bit, and uh, I love that there's like a sea god that they worship. That's like new information we haven't read about before. But they brag about how they're better healers than the Silesnia or the uh, Simic. Well, better than Silesnia. <laughs> uh, uh people don't remember a lot that the Simic aren't just these mad scientists, genetic engineers, but they are explicitly a guild that works on medical technology, biotechnology. Um, that was their big cover in uh, Dissension that Momir Vig was working on, yeah. But the the cool thing here is that these uh, Hospitalers of the Frozen Heart, um, they, they make it very clear that Jace's body is absolutely fine. Uh, and he looks fine in the comic, too. Uh, winky face um but he's, <laughs> his body is okay his mind Still is the one that, 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 is... that sailor build <laughs> yeah he's he's held on to that uh that that ixalan body he he built but um there he's apparently doing okay physically but his mind is just absolutely ravaged um and this was like one of the things that i i wanted to bring up like this this hall of hospitalers of the frozen heart uh doesn't exist anywhere else in magic canon uh, they don't talk about it in any of the Ravnica sets, any of the Ravnica fiction. This is like a creation for the comics, but like you could presume that they exist on Ravnica somewhere and they just never got brought up before. So it's like this could be pulled into a Ravnica story sometime in the future if they wanted to. Yeah, a big um, part of magic yeah. world building is that there's a lot of room to insert stuff in later down the road. That's kind of built into how magic worlds are constructed and how its stories are told. So uh, the comic having the freedom to do that is uh, very convenient. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, because it's a comic, uh, we're like on page four of the comic already. So something has to happen. Uh, and that's when uh, an assassin shows up. We're under because, attack. Yeah. Uh, there's this really great moment where Vraska's like talking to the head healer and she's really upset because like they're not healing Jace and Vraska, you know, still loves Jace. Like, let's just be real. Um, and so she's like yelling at this guy and then she just yells at him down. And he's like really confused. He's like Guildmaster. And then like Rao reaches out and pulls him away. And Braska turns an assassin to stone <laughs> right behind him. Um, just like a fun character moment. But yeah, there's assassins mm -hmm. and the Guildmasters just kind of take him out really fast. Like these assassins just get bodied. Yeah, I love the witty banter while they're fighting. Like they're they're haggling a Rao because he's not killing his guys fast enough. Because and Rao is retorting that there's Jace is in a pool of water, so he doesn't want to unleash the storm in the in the <laughs> room that they're in. And like it's 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 glorious. I love their it's it, it almost feels like a buddy cop kind of thing, except they're not. Oh, I guess they're not yeah. all cops. But. I mean, it, it sticks to the characterization because Rao makes some like really flamboyant comment about, you know, unleashing the storm. And Kaya's like, God, Zarek, really? <laughs> it's <laughs> really, it's like, there's, 
I don't want to say that it's like self-awareness, but it like pushes on self-awareness almost like it almost gets to the point where it might be pushing on self-awareness. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, the interactions between these these three characters is great. Uh, Vraska in particular has a really good moment uh, where there's one assassin left. Uh, these these assassins, by the way, have none of the provisions that would help them fight the guildmasters. Uh, so they're kind of slaughtering them and there's one left. And Vraska grabs him by the neck and says, No, not for you is the sleep of stone. Instead, I think I shall peel you, little killer, like the onion you are. We shall see what secrets you hide in your lairs. And there will be a great deal of tears. What a great line! Vraska is so good in these. Like, her characterization is so good. It's outstanding. Like, it's really good. Leave it to the Golgari to talk about stinky little vegetables when they're insulting people <laughs> like uh they are the they they're at the guild of ogres um wow wow <laughs> uh anyways no, yeah no. that <laughs> that, that assassin uh <laughs> uses a suicide charm um there's like a Fail. couple of other assassins who aren't like dead uh and they all just at the same time uh, he calls out failsafe and all of the assassins just die um, so that they can't be, you know, tortured into giving up secrets or are interrogated. They, you know, like the little black arsenic pill type situation. Mm-hmm. Um, cyanide pills. Cyanide pill. Yeah, not arsenic. Whatever. Um, I guess my biggest thing is like, Kais, like, can't, can't the Orzov like bring back the spirits or something? I don't know. Kaya, Kaya has been very, uh, very much against that, I think. No, she definitely would be, but I feel like this might be something that might warrant that kind of ability because they're just going to keep getting assassins after them, right? So, well, uh, they they presumably will, but I don't think those assassins were after them. Um, they seem it's pretty clear that those assassins were there to kill Jace because, like, he was a soft target. He was going to be real easy to kill, so they sent you know, yeah, they... real basic assassins to go take care of him. They determined that because none of the assassins were prepared to fight the guildmasters like they were before, that they hadn't, you know, whoever's trying to assassin someone, assassinate someone, uh, didn't expect the guildmasters to be there. So they surmised that the real target might be Jace. Um, and so they kind of go back to their guilds. Uh, they each ask for um, special bodyguards to be sent over to Jace. Vraska sends a crawl in some of the Devkarin. Uh, Tomek shows up and talks to Kaya. Shout out to Tomek. Boy toy Tomek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's on the cover of my first issue because I bought the um, the special release that has Tomek and Rao on it. Yeah, these comics have a lot of variant covers, which is sweet. Um, and so, uh, you know, Tomek is blasting Kaya for not doing her job as Guildmaster, and she's like, I'm in charge here. Go send some of our heavies to protect Jace. Uh, and then Ral sends uh, some of his is it folks over as well. And they're like, try not to send them with any like super explodey weapons. And his, uh, I want to say like Sioux scientist, Secretary. like Sioux chef. Um, <laughs> I think Love assistant it. would just be a fine term there. Um is Sue, like, we'll name her well, expl- what? And Ral's like, yeah, no explosive things. And she's like, well, explosive is kind of what we do. And Ral's like, eh. <laughs> um, but he also realizes that, yeah, there were explosions at each of their guilds during the initial assassination attempt, but there was actually greater seismic activity elsewhere. 
Uh, so they're looking into that. It's very mysterious. Uh, and they decide that they have an idea of what to do uh, and who might be the culprit here. So they convene the members of uh, of the guilds, all the guild leaders, uh, and, and meet before the guild pack, Nivmis himself and all his robotic glistening glory. Beep and, boop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, a lot of the guild masters we saw from the sets are here. Uh, Aurelia, Vanifar, uh, Tristani. Uh, the note here is she called in over Zoom. Yeah, she like astral projects. Because, um, you know, Tristani's dryad form is attached to Mott Selesnia, uh, And and so, uh, yeah, basically does the Zoom call. Uh, Borborygmos is back in charge of the gruel because Domri is dead because he was a dumb kid. Uh, Hekara shows up. Hell yeah. Uh, as as the proxy for Rakdos, as she did in uh, Gathering Storm and uh, War of the Spark, Ravnica, and Fuzaken. Anyway, I love seeing <laughs> Hakara shows up. This is the first time we have an image of her. She is cute goth clown queen. Uh, she is fun, too. <laughs> uh, main, maintains, maintains her sarcastic nature and, in, and is generally enjoying all the chaos that is happening. Uh, and then Lavinia is here. Uh, and... If you've been keeping track, including Rao, Kaya, and Vraska, that's only nine guildmasters. Uh, a certain Lazav is not present. And so Vraska starts hurling accusations that this is exactly the kind of thing that Demir would do. This is entirely their MO, shapeshifters, psychic attacks, uh, mysteries, plotting, uh, misdirection. Suicide pills. Yeah. Well, charms. It's magical. They don't do pills. They're magic <laughs> this is pills. fantasy. So uh, Tristani's like, hmm, bold of you to make accusations against someone who can't defend themselves. And I'm sitting here like the entire point of the Demir in the original writing of the Guild Pact was to try to destroy the Guild Pact. They're not the kind of people we play devil's advocate for, Tristani. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Read the but, room, Tristani. <laughs> um, so Ral, Raska, and Kaya... Um, have a proposal. Uh, let the three of them, since they are the ones involved in this, let the three of them uh, investigate and try to find A, find Lazav, B, ascertain the truth of whether or not the Demir are involved in these assassinations, and uh, three, if they are, take punitive action uh, against them. And uh, most of the guild masters are fine with that. And uh, Tristani reluctantly agrees that, yes, we do need to solve the mystery of the crime, regardless, you know, I, I don't like, I don't like it, but I support it because it's our only course of action really here. Lavinia, like, mutters under her breath, like, this should be the Azorius's job, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, cop's gonna cop. Yeah. Uh, and No and good if- cops, except Lavinia, maybe. I like Lavinia. She's fine. Yeah, she's like probably a lesbian. Look at her hair. I'm sorry. Like straight women <laughs> don't have hair like that and don't act like she does. Anyway, uh, Roboniv agrees and uh, we have our setup for what is probably going to be issue three, except a surprising post credit sequence. A flashback to the conversation on Zendikar at the beginning of the comic and the reveal of the mysterious hooded figure who is listening in Dun, dun, dun! It's Tezzeret, who, after War of the Spark, is 
Now masterless, free to be his own criminal mastermind. What nefarious things could he have planned? Is he the one behind the assassinations? Who knows? We'll find out. Next time. On Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, the Tezzeret reveal absolutely sent me. I was like reading and I was like, what? What is Tezzeret doing here? Uh, He's just being a scamp. I wanted to like jump into our Discord and start like posting like, oh my God, what is Tezzeret doing here? What is he up to? How is Tezzeret involved? And I was like, I have to save it because I don't want to like <laughs> spoil it for people who haven't read. Um, Just... Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see where this goes. I want to know what Tezzeret's up to. I think he's just watching. I think he's just like chilling and like trying to figure out what's going on. He's like watching from the shadows. He's going to like take advantage of the situation. But I also don't think Lazav is behind all this. It's just too like it's too obvious, you know, like the Demir would just be the most obvious option here. So it's got to be someone else. Yeah, um, I, I agree that the, the Demir are the, are the red herring here. They're being set up. Uh, I'm very, I'm very curious if it's Tezzeret. Um, I think it's interest. I think it's interesting if it's not Tezzeret, uh, with him just kind of taking advantage of an opportunity to cause some harm down the road in this kind of situation. I think it's just interesting if it is Tezzeret because he's very clearly manipulating on a scale even bigger than the Demir here. If like if he is making Lazav his patsy. That's impressive from a criminal standpoint. And uh, how Tezra is managing that is interesting. I like evil plots, right? So, uh, you know, and we also have this mystery of what this other large explosion was. And then we still have Jace to watch over as he uh, marinates. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's salt water, actually, so he's brining. Are we going to get a pickle, wow. Jace? <laughs> I'm pickle, Jace. Sorry. Oh, oh god, I'm going goodness. to hell for that. We need to go to final wow. thoughts. We need to go to final thoughts. We just got the episode there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please get us out of here. Um, <laughs> I, I I will say, uh, before we head into final thoughts, um, the first two issues are out. Uh, if you can buy them at your local comic store, please support them. They've been hurting over pandemic. And uh, physical media rocks. I love physical media. Uh, if not, they are available on Comixology. That's where I've been reading them because I don't have a local comic store. And um, I'm just they've they've been coming out in like the first week and a half, week week and a half of of each month. Uh, so we've had two issues so far. The third issue will be out in early June. Um, gotta say, delivered two issues on time. That's sweet. Love to see it. Um, I also just like can't talk about enough about how good this comic is illustrated. I Vraska has like a slightly different look than she has on the cards. Uh, there's a little more orange in um, her design. It's very fierce. We get a lot of low angle shots of her. She looks very tall and mean and monstrous and attractive. It's excellent. <laughs> um, and Kaya looks so awesome when she goes ghost. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's probably my favorite part of all of the combat scenes that we've had, like just how they've animated uh, or how they've drawn Kaya. It's just been great. I want to say thanks to uh, one of our our live listeners who alerted us to the fact that uh, as we're recording or no, yesterday, um, uh, the author of the comics, Jed McKay, posted uh, that he just finished writing the script for number seven. So like 
let's hope they get there. I oh, want to okay, get okay, but <laughs> you, you have you have to quote Hamiri. The, the tweet reads, "Quote: I understand that Magic Number Two just came out today, but I just finished the script for Number Seven, and it's rip shit wild, which is a <laughs> hell of an endorsement." Um, I really liked how he's characterized uh, each of these planeswalkers so far. Um, I think he's doing great. Uh, Magic is a lot to jump onto, and if you've never written it before, and uh, no, I just I just really like this comic, <laughs> and like. I I hope that excitement enough conveys uh, some motivation for people out there to read it because uh, you know uh, whether you read it issue by issue or um, wait for uh, a trade that will have like the first story arc or whatever it ends up being um, definitely check it out. But uh, I guess we are going to slip into final thoughts because we don't want Chris to say more Rick and Morty shit. Um, <laughs> Please stop without me. consulting us first. Uh, you know, it's kind of amusing, though, because we've essentially hopped into a parallel universe uh, from well, a parallel multiverse, I guess, from our card set canon. So we're like kind of doing Rick and Morty anyway. Uh, God, we need to end this before I start saying more things. So uh, final yeah, thought. Give us your final thought. <laughs> uh, good, good week in video games. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun in season nine of Apex Legends. Uh, Valkyrie is awesome. Uh, voiced by Erica Ishii, who is a wonderful human who does a lot of really awesome acting work, both voice acting and regular acting. And um, a lot of fun. I've been had a really good win today. Shout out to a teammate who carried like the last three minutes of the match after me and our third went down and took out the entire last two squads selves. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, Bloodhound, <laughs> very cool character. Anyway, uh, but I've also started playing uh, a small indie game that came out, uh, I think, two years ago. I think it was 2019. It might have been last year. Uh, called In Other Waters, uh, which is a very relaxing. Um, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's an exploration game um, where you're on an alien planet, and there's a xenobiologist, and she is trying to solve the mystery of a missing scientist, uh, while also collecting samples and categorizing the taxonomies of the first alien life ever discovered in the universe. And you play as the ship's, or the ship's AI, the suit's AI. So you never actually directly interact with the world. It's all done through these uh, schematics and diagrams and menus. Um, and uh, it's very, very cool. The music is excellent. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. It is exactly my jam. So... Big, big excite to continue playing that. Uh, my final thought is that uh, I played my first, I had my first board game day with my best friend, his wife and my girlfriend last Hell Saturday, yeah. and it was great, and being vaccinated is really cool, and uh, the Marvel, the cool mini or not Marvel game is pretty fun, even though we struggled with it because we were misplaying it for a couple hours, so... Yeah, that happens <laughs> with new games. Yeah, so, yeah. Reminds me, I should play Terraforming Mars again soon, that game is really good. Yeah, uh, my final thought is uh, gonna be a little bit of a downer, but if you can, throw some support to Palestinians right now who are going through it. Um, it's not good to to live under an apartheid uh, ethnic cleansing genocidal state so hopefully they can get some support uh yeah just 
there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Keep your eyes open. Watch it. Yep. Pay attention. Um, um, support people where and when you can. Especially in, in this particular case where a lot of international media and news reporting and social media is shutting out Palestinian voices on this entire situation, uh, as they've done in previous conflicts when Israel has flexed its iron fist over a minority population within its own state that it's trying to displace and potentially do a heckin' genocide against. Um, it's... A not great situation. There are a lot of mutual funds uh, and international support things that you can do and and donate to. Um, even just spreading the truth helps. Um, getting people informed about what is actually happening because there are very strong propaganda machines that are gonna try and place you uh, in the comforting, safe arms of a iron-willed regime uh, and. That's not where you want to be because they're wrong and bad. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the interest of having a segue, um, uh, if you uh, if you ever want to talk about stuff like that, we we do have a section on our Discord for people to talk about uh, what's going on in the world. Um, it's uh, some heavy stuff gets talked about, but we're all very respectful, very um, intelligent people who are willing to have these conversations. Having a good, supportive uh, adult, like, not... See, I hate the internet because I can't say adult or mature without people thinking pornography, but that's not what I mean. I just mean we are all reasonable human beings and adults who are able to have these kind of conversations on our Discord server, which, if you want to be a part of, you can head over to patreon.com slash thevorthoscast and start supporting us whenever you want. Um, our Discord community is great. You know, like I said, we talk about way more than magic there. We are uh, a wonderful community with a lot of wonderful folks that we greatly appreciate, uh, you know, both their support of the show and just wonderful people having nice conversations and hard conversations and sad conversations and happy conversations. Uh, And we'd really love for y'all to be part of that community, too. So if that is something that sounds up your alley... We would love to see you there. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. Stop.